Welcome back. Yeah, welcome. Welcome back to our episode on rethinking trauma and transition. And at trauma, rethinking trauma and transition, we challenge the stigma surrounding trauma and the healing through our podcast. We aim to empower those who are experiencing these challenges, providing them with the knowledge and language necessary to embark on a transformative journey towards more fulfilling life. So what are we talking about today, Rich? Masking. Masking. And what that kind of means to people, or what our perceptions of masking are. Mm -hmm. Masking might be a term that's familiar to some of our listeners, but not so much to others. Mm -hmm. And it's commonly discussed or is, and maybe has a higher awareness within those of us who are maybe neurodifferent, neurospicy, but it's not limited. It's something no. I think that we all do at times. And that's where we potentially suppress parts of our personality, parts of our interactions to accommodate maybe the group that we're in, the situation that we're in, where we modify our behaviours and our interactions as a result of that. Yeah. The Japanese have that saying, isn't there? About the three faces or three masks that we have to the world. So the mask one is one we show the entire world. Mask two is to your close family and friends. And the last mask is by who you truly are. Mm -hmm. The reason that's quite an interesting topic, I suppose, for for us is it impacts quite heavily on what we choose to and how we choose to be known. Mm. So you know we're having a conversation about um Johari's window recently. Yeah. About mm. the different arenas in our life, about what's known to us and known to others, what we choose to maybe have known to us but hide from others. And what maybe others are aware about us, but we're not so much. That's our blind spot. And also those things that neither side of that equation are aware of, the unknowns. I suppose masking sits quite heavily in that quadrant of known to me, but not known to you. Mm -hmm. I think it's also a useful thing for that individual. Because it allows that person to be able to find out about that world around, around them without revealing too much about themselves. Mm. So it's kind of like a boundary setting thing. And so they can be potentially safe and secure in a particular environment. And with some people reveal too much knowledge, and that can be quite disastrous for them because other people will utilise that knowledge and then manipulate manipulate that person into um, really bad toxic relationships. Well, I think that comes down to <clears throat> maybe one of the things that, that we almost mask to assess, and that's to try and get the context or mm. move the ambiguity of a situation to try and understand the rules of engagement in a way, because those aren't always clear. 
and they are sometimes more clear to some people than others. Yeah. And well, some sorry, Ali, some people will have a hidden agenda, but you may, may not be aware of that just yet. Yeah, so there's 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 a challenge in assessing context, but there's also really what, what you're saying, if I if I'm interpreting that correctly, is almost that assessing of the risk in terms of trust and what the extent of that trust or that confidence in, in that group setting or that capacity to share actually is and how it's going to be received. So there can be benefits. It buys time, it buys space to make those assessments, to gather more information where maybe there is information missing. Mm -hmm. That. So we were on a workshop a little while ago, weren't we? We were. Mm -hmm. And what they were talking about was people with autism, mm -hmm. potentially, mm -hmm. and how they can reveal too much information, and but they may be lacking a context, which is something I was unaware of at the time. So potentially autistic people can reveal too much of themselves, and that can allow themselves to get into potentially um, harmful situations for themselves that lead into bad places. Yeah, so what we're talking about really is kytextia, and that's something that I know sometimes I have from time to time struggled with, where I it takes me longer to assess the context of a situation, the scope of that, and make decisions in terms of maybe the nature or the intention behind interactions, relationships, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can, and sometimes it's got to be kind of really obvious in order for me to pick up on it, so I'll play safe rather than engage. So that's a positive aspect of mm -hmm. masking is like dipping your tone of water to find out, is this situation safe for me? Do I want to be here or do I pull my toe out before it gets bitten off by a fish? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think though there's also an element where the flip side of that is the effort sometimes it takes to do that. In some situations, maybe it feels quite second nature, where um maybe I'll find myself withdrawing to the outer edges of a conversation. I'll be very observ observational. Um, I will be very assessing in terms of that, but that can sometimes make me feel or seem quite aloof to others. When it's not actually that at all, I'm fully engaging in what's going around. I'm just trying to assess the context of that that's happening. To assess how I place myself within that interaction. But there are other situations where it can be really hard work to maintain that. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you, Ali, how do you know when you're happy to engage in that context? That's a good question because I tend to find that I mask more in professional settings than I do in private ones. Mm. Um, and that I will mask more consistently in professional settings. So it's almost like I've developed a separate professional persona that, that I will wear most of the time in those settings. In more private settings, maybe where you're talking about personal relationships rather than work relationships, 
I suppose I will test the water in small in small phases, where I'm kind of looking to, and again to observe people's interactions with other people who I'm maybe recognizing or seeing similarities with that I can equate to, and I'm also almost observing the response to those individuals to assess whether or not actually it's then appropriate for me to be, to use other words, more me. But sometimes that takes a bit of time. Yeah, same here. I know it can take maybe a good few weeks to be around someone to go, yeah, I can have it to talk. And I think one of the things that used to frustrate me in the work environment was that probably that masking period is normally where people attribute labels to you. Mm -hmm. Not recognising that actually that's what's going on. They're not actually seeing the real you. They're not seeing all of you. They're only seeing the mask that we're putting on, that we're pushing forward. And then you have quite a hard time challenging that mask and challenging the assumptions that people then place on you because of that. But I'm also wondering, Rich, if that's also about how we contract in relationships with people. Could well be. <clears throat> and whether or not actually there's context we can give others. What do you mean by that? Well, I know that sometimes my head can be like a bag full of squirrels. Hmm. You know, there are times where my thought processes are so random that it's just kind of like what on earth. So I regularly give you permission to pull me back on track. So I give you permission to do that so that you're comfortable to go, right, come on, back to the point in hand. So that there's no kind of sense of, am I going to overstep the mark there? Am I going to, is that going to be too much? Am I going to cause offence? So we've already agreed the parameters of that. So I'm sharing context. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's also about how we ask for feedback. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering for our listeners really is, what's masking like for you? Good question. Because it is very unique to each individual, mm -hmm. as is the effort it takes, and the effort varies in depending on the situation. Yeah. And how do you know when you are masking? That's also a very good question, because as I'm becoming more aware of it, I'm also reflecting more on previous experiences where I now recognise that that's actually what was happening was that I was masking. And what would be interesting is to... I suppose ask people to have a have a think about that and to maybe review how clear they are in terms of the context and the intention behind their words. Yeah. Or even behaviours. Or even behaviours, uh-huh. And whether or not they are actually being as obvious or as clear as possible. Well, yeah. we were talking about ambiguity in language recently, weren't we? We are. And how sloppy sometimes our questions are. Very much so. 
well, even in um, there's so much phonological ambiguity within the English language, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. the, for example, there's hair. So you've got hair on the head, you've got the mammal type hair. The big ears? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The big ears? Yeah, the black tips. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's even in there, there's context as well. How today gone tomorrow? Yeah, and that, that yeah. Is that boldness, or is that the is that the hair running across the field, or is that something else that's here today and gone tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's even things like, and I suppose this is my background nature coming out. You know, you, how many people will say, "Can you? Can you tell me about a time when?" Yes. Yes. And I would just like to point out that is really sloppily phrased question. It is. Because the yes is a perfectly reasonable response. And if you're dealing or, or sitting across from somebody who struggles with context, then they will have given you the correct answer and it will be entirely your responsibility for not having been able to elicit more information from that, not theirs. Yeah. Well, it's a simple closed off question anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you get an answer which might seem like someone is stating the obvious, that's because maybe you haven't given enough context and it's actually down to the phrasing of your question or your query, not them. Mm -hmm. And well, we had that discussion as well, didn't we, about do Americans actually have it right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So instead of pavement, sidewalk, mm -hmm. eye, eyeglasses, it's a glasses. Yeah. So the context simplicity into that language rather than wearing, is it a glass for holding water, a glass for a window, or something put on your head, please. Oh, it's, and and I thought that was such a good point you made because I was like, do you know what? You've actually got a really good point there because there is no context blindness within there. There's no context ambiguity. It is incredibly clear. Yeah. Which sometimes the UK use of language is really, really bad at. It is. Well, and then there's all the idioms as well, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> that's an entirely different topic, yeah. So what's your takeaways for this then, Ali? Be clear in your context. Have a think about how you structure language and whether or not what you've asked is actually what you intended. Because that's important. Mm -hmm. And you may be creating more confusion than you maybe anticipate. What about you, Rich? Well, going about your questions, you may not get the question, the answer that you're asking for. Mm -hmm. So it's all as well is masculine could be a positive thing. And be careful about how much you share with people. Well, yeah, and I think that's also maybe about us recognising that people will share at different rates mm. and giving people space to develop that relationship, that knowing, that knowledge and that personality because we don't have to label straight off. 
Yes. You don't have to label at all. No. And if somebody is not involved in the conversations going around them, maybe because they're assessing that situation and getting context for themselves. Yeah, quiet doesn't always mean unengaged. That might just mean that we aren't actually providing enough information for them to be able to safely navigate the context of the situation. Yeah. And that there's something we can do that is about our communication to mm -hmm. encourage that involvement. Yeah. So where can I find this then, Ali? We can be found on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, and Castbox, a host of whole other other platforms. And yep. you can also find us by email, by Facebook, and on LinkedIn. I can find us by email because our email address is in the show notes. It is. Well, that's not really finding us on social media. Quite digress. Still a, mean, still a means of means of getting. Uh, yeah. So if you do enjoy this episode, we um, do appreciate your comments and please do like, subscribe and share. And if you wish to work with us, then contact details for us are again in the show notes and we can be reached there. Feel free and to reach out. And we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you very much.